January 1, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Friday. Happy first of the year. Good people. 2021. Don't even remember the name of that last one. But uh, started off with John Coltrane. They say it's wonderful, which is a great way to start the year. And then uh, Onsen with uh, Sana Mitsuburo. And, uh, you know, Brother Matt at the Love Grotto couple miles south here at Pleasure Point because we're still quite in quarantino mode, but I am not totally man alone because due to those uh, Estonian software engineer with their righteous Skype invention, I got Dustin Wong calling Hello. from uh, uh, K-Town here in SoCal. Welcome aboard, yeah. Dustin. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Happy New Year. Yeah, right back. And uh, I'm going to make a wild guess here, but by listening, you're a Telecaster yeah. man. <laughs> Am I right? You're exactly right. I'm because you know Dee Boone. Been... Dee Boone was a big Telecaster man, and I just could, <laughs> I just could hear. But, oh, but anyway, before we get to your Telecaster moment in time, I, I want you to because I, I want to uh, share with the listeners your your journey through music. So, can you give me your earliest recollection of music? Um, my earliest recollection. You know, I think my first kind of intrigue was um, surf music, um, the ventures when I was really young, like elementary school. Um, it was the ventures was really popular in Japan uh, back in the day and kind of still has its um, it's still significant over there. And uh, I think it's because the ventures the, or surf music in general, that when they they have that twang and those minor notes, like it, it evokes actually uh, traditional Japanese music. And I I loved the fact that an American band was just exploring music and was able to tap into something culturally completely different, but had that connection, you know, and I remember hanging out with my second cousin in California and he was like in college at the time and I was a teenager and he was telling me this moment where he was just playing around with records and he put on a Miles Davis record and a Jimi Hendrix record at the same time and you know, now, now thinking about it, of course, it would make sense that these two things would go together. But to him, it was a magical moment of disparate things coming together randomly, but in a very organized and beautiful thing, you know. You know, in a, the Quincy Troop book, Miles talks about him wanting to record with Jimmy the sketches of Spain thing. Right. Yeah, Totally. So that might have happened. Now, this Ventures, wh where'd you hear them? Over the radio or records? Uh, television. Television, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. It like, you know, they would have music programs of, like, let's look back into the day. and Because they, they had the, the, the Teke Teke boom, which is when, when the, you know, the surf bands go from, like, the highest mo You know, you're using your E string at the highest note. And then you just tick -a -tick -a -tick -a -tick down to the lowest note. Sure. And that was such a boom 
in Japan where all these kids are like copying that, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was just it was very infectious or um, yeah, I fell in love with it really quickly. Now, uh, the pad you grew up in, did it, was there instruments? Um, my dad had keyboards and um, drum machine. He made like he he made music on the side. He never released anything, but I remember he he made an album when I was around four years old, and he recorded onto cassette tape, and you know that's where it kind of stayed. But he had a Kawai drum machine and a microphone and a uh, Yamaha um, keyboard, and I remember playing around with it a lot. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you ever jump on it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we actually uh, recorded a song together when I was like four. Um, He made pretty cheesy, you know, drum beats and like me babbling on. Well, what about the thing? You're going to get a piano teacher. Oh, yeah. I have... How'd you know that? <laughs> How did it... I'm just a guess. I've had so many guests on that. Sometimes this is the worst hell experience. It almost chases them away from music. Yes, yes. I, I definitely got... I, I had a piano teacher when I was 14 because my younger brother, who was seven at the time, was. I would take him to the piano lessons and I would wait around until his lessons would end and then I would take him back home. But then the teacher, I guess she uh, was interested in me or curious about me. So after his lessons, she would kind of put me, you know, uh, with no fee or anything. And she would teach me. But I I realize now that the way she taught me was she was trying to teach me how to play the pieces rather than me teaching me how to play the piano and and that's that's not i I don't think that fits with me because like i would rather learn how to play the instrument rather than learn how to play a song you know it's like a big difference yeah yeah i see the difference too can you remember the first record you bought with your own money um well i bought well, I think my first album was a J-pop album called Globe. Um, it was produced by this, you know, big-time producer back in, in the 90s. But at the same time, I think I bought Frank Zappa's Hot Rats together. Whoa. Yeah. And, and what about the first gig you saw? My first gig was um, actually Rancid. Um the Op Ivy, you know, who became Rancid later. Sure, uh, sure. When they're, they're more ska, right? Great, yeah, great, yeah, great, yeah. Great bass man, Matt Freeman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. Uh, what about at school? Were you in the fucking choir or the marching band or shit like that? I was in the marching band, but I hated it. What, uh, what, 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 what machine? What instrument? Trombone, and I was terrible at it. Oh, the bone. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but it's fucking it's it's bass clef, and and what I heard was for marching because the big mouthpiece it was kind of mm-hmm. easier. Yeah, 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I don't, like you know, the Minutemen, because like when I was when I was doing the bands and stuff with like Ecstatic Sunshine and Ponytail, like we were reading that book. Um, this band could be your life. My Glazerite. Yeah. yeah, and I remember, you know, like it was like your your guys's words was uh you know felt really it was very uh it hit, it hit home you know because uh, i think especially things like tuning when you guys were like uh yeah we just you know sometimes we tune it tighter or looser and <laughs> i i love that quote so much yeah, we didn't because... relate pitch to the fucking yeah. We thought there's a Creedence song called "Down on the Corner," mm-hmm. and we thought if you, you played "Down on the Corner" and it sounded right, then you were in tune. But we didn't know your "Down on the Corner" had to be like the other guys' "Down on the Corner." <laughs> so we thought some guys like them tight, some guys right. like their strings loose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Must have sounded I... like fucking a din. But it's you know, so cool. we, we were part of a movement, so yeah. It, you just caught caught up in it, you know. Everybody came from different situations, and and then all of a sudden, yeah, you're riding in the same van. Yeah. I, I, I want to play some of this. Uh, what you mentioned, ecstatic sunshine, po- uh-huh. pocket knife.
Off from Pedro Show, start that chunk of music off with Pocket Knife from the Static Sunshine. Then brand new from a new band uh, called Evil Now. Like Love Backwards, huh? Or Love One Backwards. Or One uh, Love. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. And No New Resolution 2020. That's got Cameraman Joe from Chicago. The Go Team, brand new. Look Outside, a New Year's Coming. Uh, Pat Kane, Pete Kane, a new solo record, uh, really good, D.C. area, called Daunt. His Name is Alive, in Detroit, his new record, Sleep Through. Uh, Bombas Preden, not a new record, this is from like 40 years ago, but I dig it. A Born uh, on the Wrong Planet, 79. Uh, Orthotonics with Cool Hiss, and finally Seven Souls from Ponytail. So, uh, at school, well, well, first, all I know about you getting on a machine was your pop's keyboards. What, 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 but then you're talking about surf, which ain't a lot of keyboard, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the guitar, right? How that, how that connect happened? I, I, I loved, I mean, the love for the guitar definitely came from the ventures and, um, there, there was definitely um, there were there were also some, some bands in Japan. There was like this indie rock band called Number Girl. Um, and when I was I, play, in high I played school. with them uh, with the Jay Mascus in the Fog. Oh, really? Great. I wouldn't shit you, Dustin. They were the opening band for a couple gigs, maybe Quattro and Nagoya. Oh, incredible! Yeah, well, I I, I got to meet uh, Mr. Mukai uh, when uh, in Japan a few times uh, when I was back there. But um, yeah, he he plays the Telecaster, so my, you know, it, it was because of that band that I got the Telecaster. Oh, okay. So that's your first guitar, you because you're influenced by a guy you saw, and, yeah. and and what was the dealio? Um, self-taught, learn off records, get a teacher. Uh, guitar is self-taught. I mean, you know, from time to time, my dad's like friend might be like, you know, how to play the power chord or, you know, the blues scale. And they would kind of, you know, at a at my parents like, you know, get together or something, and you know, and, and then they would just be those kind of catalysts that would help me to kind of develop my own way of playing, and you know, the the punk ethos of like it doesn't matter if you can play or not, you can still make music was really um, encouraging for me. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. Well, what about the thing like after school with guys, you know, the garage band, the basement band? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, I, we, we had a band in high school, but we had no idea how music was made, and I had a weird, um, I don't know how, where this came from, but for some reason I thought every uh, recorded music uh, after classical music was all created through improvisation. <laughs> I thought everything was made on the spot, even punk music, you know. Um, it was just my crackpot belief. And uh, so when I was in a band, we it was just complete chaos. We were just like, all right, we got to do it on the spot. And, you know, just no structure. But uh, So what was practice? Just going for it, right? Just what, going what, for what it, What they call yeah. nowadays? Free? <laughs> Free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was noise for sure. 
<laughs> Did this band have a name? Yeah, yeah, it was it was called Dry, but you know, it was our <laughs> high school, yeah, band. I think that's a, one kind of a beer from Asahi is called Dry. <laughs> <laughs> super Dry. Beeru, yeah, super dry. <laughs> so, uh do you remember the first did you do gigs or was it just practice? Uh we played a few times on a on campus what was the first one like uh we it was kind of like a gorilla thing we just set up our amps and drum kit in the middle of campus and we just started playing (laughs) (laughs) we did that a few times and got in trouble yeah i can imagine yeah yeah now i know space is kind of a premium over there but there is a scene of the live house and yeah did you guys get into that it's kind of pay to play, right? It's pay to play. We we didn't get to play, really. Um, I like my first gig at a venue was um, in Baltimore. So you moved from Japan to Baltimore. It was yeah, pretty much. I, I was in Oakland for two years, but then uh, moved in moved to Baltimore for much longer. Remember the first place I played there was called the Marble Bar. It was in the early 80s. And, uh, oh, uh, I don't know that place. Uh, yeah. Fells Point. Yeah, it's oh, kind okay. of rough part, right? <laughs> but, man, <laughs> Fells, you know, hey. Fells when Point's all right right now, I think. Well, na- nowadays, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. how things change. And, and also, when you're on tour and you don't really know a town, you don't know how scary parts are, really. In a way. For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Baltimore was a weird town where bands would come in not knowing what's going on, you know. Yeah, well, that could, yeah. So you have all this fake courage because you don't live there. You don't know the scene, you know, with, with what they call the railroad tracks, right? <laughs> the side of the <laughs> all this crazy stuff. But to, it, it, to me, it's really good in a way because then you don't get all like uh, pre, pre-judging things. But no, you no. do have to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, I, w- I was really attracted to the energy there. It was so, it felt much more raw than Oakland. Um, when I was, when I visited and, um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted that taste, I guess. And I had a guy on the show yesterday that lives there and he's named Dor and he's making this wild ass experimental kind of thing and nice. all kind of, you know, it, it's interesting about this stuff is, uh, it's one of the reasons why I do the show. I want to turn everybody on to, and, and, my, and my, myself find out about these things because, you know, the parallel universe, it's hard to know. So your, yes. first, your first gig in a venue, what was the venue? Uh, let's see, let's see. It might be, I think it was the Talking Head Club. Okay. Um, and after that, Auto Bar. Right, right, well, there was two Auto Bars, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the, I only know the one, but, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, I think it used to be the Talking Head Club. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah where it was and then became a bigger venue oh yeah right john johns hopkins near uh-huh. the, the doctor school and uh but anyway uh from uh, the static sunshine came first right yep yep now how'd that get going uh well I, well matt papich who's the um, other member in Ecstatic Sunshine. We, I think we met 
in a sculpture class at the Maryland Institute, and um, there was there's a class uh, taught by this guy Jeremy Siegler called para painting parallel to painting, and the thing was that everybody in the class has to start a band. Whoa! And, yeah, and the way it happens is. I, I pretty much transferred to the Maryland Institute knowing about this class. I heard about this class and I was like, I need to take this class and I need to meet this person. And um, we at, at, at the when we were taking the sculpture class, there was a guy who was taking that para painting class and he didn't have a band. He was supposed to have a band, but he procrastinated and came up to us knowing that we played guitars. Like, can you make songs for me for the end of the semester Parapalooza? And um, so we we're like, okay. And um, we, I guess, our our chemistry was really good. It was just we wrote five songs in a matter of two hours and um, played those songs with them, and, and then kind of kept going. Now, up to that point, have you been writing songs? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. I've been. I was writing songs with the other guitar duo called Onsen. Oh, oh Onsen. Then, okay, because. And we should tell the people, Onsen is like a spring, you know, a resort, a spa. Yes. A spa. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, because you were telling me you, when you first started playing, it was just, you know, improvise, go for it. And, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and from there... And then, yeah, yeah, there was a realization. It's like, oh, yes, it's constructed and it's composed. <laughs> we got to compose some stuff. <laughs> oh, people compose these songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they kind of sound similar each time you play them <laughs> yeah but then there's a danger of that right because then you turn into tape recorders so maybe you guys were onto something there right i think so, there yeah, is a, yeah, yeah i think there is a human feeling about getting too uh cliche too repetitious yes yes and i i definitely experienced that with the bands uh i was in because uh especially i think ponytail like we had really good chemistry but our Output was really slow. It would take us months to write one song. And when we would go on tour, it's like we have these solid eight songs, but nothing else to play. And, um, you know, we would play this set the same way because it flowed the best. And that would happen day after day for months. And I would get sick of it. Right. You know? Get the cookie cutter, get the rubber stamp, get the Xerox yeah. machine. <laughs> I mean... I mean the the songs you know we perform it like it's our it, it feels like second nature you know at that point but sure it's it's a, it's, it, a, it's part of the human thing yeah you want some kind of security but the, you want adventure you want excitement yes yes look we're at the yeah. end of the first hour first of January 2021 weird to say that special guest <laughs> Dustin Wong hold tight for hour two January one. 2021. It's the second hour of the Lot for Pedro show.
into Oswald When Oswald says to me He says you're living in a fool's paradise, Sam If you think, if you think that you're free I say, well, I know I'm free next Thursday Cause I ain't yet made no plans He said, come on over to my house then And I'll show you how to walk on your hands So when Thursday finally rolled around I headed over to Oswald's place I knocked on his door for an hour Till he answered with a sad, sad look on his face He said, Sam, we've had a death in the family A distant cousin that I never knew But he left me ten dollars and a banjo string And an old brown wingtip shoe I said, all right then, Oswald I got an idea for us, friend That inheritance you just came into We could buy us some wine with that tin He said, hey man, I'm still grieving I said, the wine will surely help with that He said, all right then, I'm with you Sam Let me go get my coat and hat So we set off walking down the boulevard Making our way to the liquor store Ah, but when we arrived, we saw a little sign It was stuck on the locked front door Now the sign was written in Russian Which neither one of us could read So Oswald says, let's go to the park There's a pigeon there that I want to feed We got to the park can we look for the bird but that particular one wasn't there Oswald says I won't be feeding these others they can fly off and die for all I care then we saw a policeman approaching all dressed up in riot gear Ozzy said Sam let's do a two man riot I said Better yet, let's get on out of here So we eased up off of the park bench And tried to stroll away nonchalant We made it to the corner Then the cop fired some tear gas And we ducked into a restaurant The waitress said, what can I get you boys? I said, I'd like a bowl of black eyed studied the menu he said give me just a moment please and about an hour later he had finally decided what it was that he wanted to eat but just then there come a big commotion something happening out on the street it seems a manhole had exploded steam shooting up like a geyser Oswald stepped out to get a closer look had 
hadn't even touched his appetizer. He hollered, Sam, if I jump up on top of that, I reckon it'd carry me to outer space. I said, don't you do it, Oswald, but I could tell he would because he had that certain look on his face. And then he jumped on top and shot right out into outer space. Look at me, look at me, from a deep 
lot for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Dustin Wong doing diagonally talking echo. And Sam Bennett, I was talking to Oswald. Sam Bennett's a Birmingham, Alabama guy who's lived in Tokyo 25 years. Kind of came out of that uh, John Zorn, that Lower East Side scene. Oh, nice. Did a tour in Japan, wow. met a lady, lady there, yeah, and started a family. And he's got, he records so much. And uh, he kind of, it's not a shamisen, but it's a three-string weird kind of guitar and kind of blends, you know. He, he's an interesting guy, Sam Bennett. Actually a drummer man to begin with. Uh, Quiet Pig from Italy after that. Van 2-3, Dead Leaves, Milk Teeth from Ecole de Ciel, Miles Away from Double Dutch Picnic. And finally, Takako Minikawa, Dustin Wong with Party on a Floating Cake. Now, uh, we took talked a little about Stack Sunshine, but we, we should talk in a little about Ponytail, but you're known for Ponytail, so how, how'd that get together? So so that that was formed through uh, that class, Parapainting, where the teacher looked, so what happens is he, he makes everybody sit in a circle, so there was probably 30 to 40 kids, and um, he would sit in this, he would stand in the center and look at us and be like, you, 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 band. You, 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 band. Um, <laughs> and we were the last ones to be picked. And uh, I was I was a first semester senior. And uh, all the, uh, so the, te- the, you know, the teacher was like, all right, Dustin, you're a senior. Uh, take care of the freshman kids. Oh, wow. So there was like three other, four other freshman kids and then, we decided to practice at my place because there was a room where there was like a music room that I was using. And so we would meet up every week, every, well, no, twice a week and write songs. And, and at the end of the semester we performed and it, it was so fun. Like kid, everybody was dancing and jumping up and down. And we were just like, we got to keep going. And, you know, I was like, I'm graduating, but I'll wait for you guys. You guys start recording, doing tours and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, you kind of expressed some of the frustration that the band wasn't growing. Right, right. There was, there was a point where I think, you know, when you're, when we were, like, young, like, when we were just starting out, all the, all our interests were overlapping, you know, Um like we were all into punk music and um, also psychedelic music, like space, like all all the things were overlapping. And um, you know, we like the love for the Providence scene, uh, like Lightning Bolt and all those all those bands. And uh, I think around the third album. Uh, you know, it started to deviate where, you know, the, the drummer and the other guitarist was interested in more minimal sounds and techno. And I love that stuff, but I wasn't really interested in making that kind of music at the time. So uh, you kind of leave. I did, idea, yeah. Uh, yeah, and leave the idea of being a band, right? You, you want to be a man alone with music. Yeah, yeah. I did it for a little while. And, uh, yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, I, I want to play here. Uh, well, this is part of this. I guess you got a duet going nowadays. It's more contemporary. But uh, Ancient Aluminum Forest. <laughs> <laughs> 
plastic in the ground. Inventors of plastic. Magical disaster.
Off for Pedro Show? Yeah, that chunk of music got started off with Ancient Aluminum Forest from Takako Mikawa and Dustin Wong. And then Smoking Forbearance from Jerome Parker Wells out of St. Louis. Biscuit Mouth, I like it because I am young. The machine that takes x rays of plastic from the new Harnessians. I guess people wear harnesses. <laughs> uh, plus Dog Plus with Flower Children 2535. 2545. I can't remember. There was a pop song, kind of. Uh, and then Takako Minakawa, Dustin Wong with Akubi. Uh, now, uh, one thing I noticed about you, you playing alone, before we get to you, this duet thing. Low? Yeah. Uh, well, no, you playing alone. Um, yeah, yeah. Solo, man alone. Mm -hmm. uh, Ishii, yeah. Pedals. Would you call yourself a pedal meister? Um, I'm not really. Well, you know, I, I like to. I have my favorite pedals that I, I when I get a pedal, I, I really try to get into it and, and understand it and see what it can do. And um, so I, I, I'm not a guy where I buy a pedal a week or anything you know I, I i don't really obsess over pedals but when i do get pedals i i i really want to study it i want to know it and i want it to be i want it to feel like second nature when i'm using it like it like i'm playing a guitar but normally i i use a lot of um loop pedals and uh which is one way you can play a company yourself right yes 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 and yeah, even the the solo guitar stuff, it got a little old after a while because I was still in that mode of playing songs, uh, making songs, and then playing it repetitively. And right. Even if I did have an arsenal of songs, like like 50 songs that I can just whip out from my head, like it's still, like, it wasn't enough for me. Sure. And, yeah... Like it was, it's really like moving here to LA. Like I started to loosen up more, and I'm back at the idea of improvisation again. Like I'm, I'm back, but with the, but with tools that I can use. You know, you know thinking of effects, surf music, right? Reverb. Mm -hmm. uh, tr sometimes tremolo, tr mm -hmm. vibrato, tremolo, whatever they called it in those days. I guess one's pitch and one is. Uh, kind of bendy oh no it's it's actually up and down right it's doppler yeah, the, vol the volume yeah. going up and down yeah right and i mean you know i'm a big credence guy so <laughs> born on the body right? <laughs> 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 you know that shit Deboon, uh, but 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 what i'm trying to get at is maybe you were onto the effects thing way before the pedals even came out and shit i don't know i i feel like um like the Germans, you know, um, like the old Krautrock dudes um, was really, I think, also Star Wars. Um, Harrison Ford on the million, Millennium Falcon, like him switching off like buttons and like flicking switches. 
um, his authority over technology um, where but he also he didn't know what he was doing at the same time it was like what you know the but he got you know he has hyperdrive and he gets to travel and light speed or faster than light speed and I think I don't know my generation of kids are really into modular synthesizers and effects pedals because of like science fiction right but 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 you don't stay with the keyboard i mean the keyboard every note's got one button you know that's so much kind of tied to a pewter kind of sensibility where the guitar you're taking some old analog it's kind of a weird marriage yeah yeah i i mean i kind of i love these kind of disparate things coming together um uh you know a like the analog, digital, like you know, electro, acoustic. Um, there's, there's the yin and yang, I guess. I read somewhere. I, I put some copper strings. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I read. Like you were really happy about putting some kind of copper strings on your guitar. I, I don't think I was happy actually. I tried it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was. I tried it, but. I wasn't really into it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're at the end of the second hour, January 1, 2021. So special guest, Dustin Wong. Hold tight for hour three. January 1, 2020. It's the third hour. No, it isn't 2020. 2021. Yes. Third hour. Watt from Pedro's show. <laughs> Thank you.
Watt from Pedro Show start off the third hour. Desert via Hover Camel from Dustin Wong. Then we had uh, Crane doing Effervescence. Mold o- o- Omen. These guys have been in Baltimore like 10, 12 years uh, doing tents. It's a duo, I think. I play a lot of their stuff. Surfer Blood, uh, Dance Me to the End of Love. And then Surfer Blood with Rose Bowl. Yeah, Rose Bowl ain't in Pasadena. That's kind of different. Glimpse Trio, New Year's. Those guys are from Cleveland. Mike Cooper with Miniature 11. And then finally, the Garden of Earthly Flanger. There's a pedal. Good good, good Will Smith. Good Will Smith. That's a good name. Uh, Takako Minikawa and Dustin Wong. What what, what about this duet? What what, what is uh, Takako? Keyboard? Uh, she sings, uh, plays keyboards, but uh, plays all kinds of stuff too. Well, well, I'll have this. Pro- this is what you got going now, right? Yeah. Well, right now, we're we're she's in Japan actually right now, um, and so we're we're not able to make music physically. But what about trade files over the internet? Right, right, right. Yeah, but I, I really just enjoy playing with her, like at and alive. Well, yeah, of course, but I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. You're starving to death, and there's only bananas. <laughs> Maybe you end up eating bananas. <laughs> it's true, yeah. No, I, I, I'm just being smart. I, uh, I want to know uh, how how you guys, you know, start doing this. Um, I mean, why? She, she because came, you were a man to... alone, right? Just doing solo thing, and now you yeah, want to make yeah. a duet. She she came to my show. Uh, when I was doing like a solo, doing the solo guitar stuff in Tokyo. And um, she came in, and I was actually a big fan of hers um, when I was, a te- I, I used to listen to her stuff as a teenager uh, through college. Um, you know, she, she was known in the 90s to make these kind of electronic, um, whimsical and... Um, kind of out there music and I was really you know I was really happy to see her at the show and we kept in touch and uh, we decided to kind of I, I was coming back to Japan and we decided to kind of get together and kind of make music together and uh, there's I don't a know, lady think, a lady from the 70s right electronic of Osaka I think her name was Few. Or is oh yeah, Fusan, right? She's still making music, and yes. and she got together with some of those guys like uh, uh, Jackie on the drums and Holger on the bass. Holy, yeah. holy! I love we love you. Um, I think she's amazing. I think she's b- back into music. She's making re- recordings again. I've been playing on the show. I think yeah, she got yeah. together with the lady, the Portuguese lady from uh, Raincoats. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah for a collab so what was the first show you and Takako did together I believe our first show was in Tokyo um, in Harajuku at this place called Vacant um, but yeah we we, we we played a bunch of shows in Japan well I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the first one was it was it was it prepared stuff or did you guys improvise <laughs> No, no, it was it was prepared. We're we're still in that mode. Okay. I was still in that mode of like composing songs and um, 
but we what we did was we came up with um kind of a system of pedals so that it was easier to loop things together at the same time so um you're talking it was about like a, a sync yeah yeah so it was like we used the stereo looper and used the left and right channels as two separate channels and we used mixers and things to consolidate all the all the channels into one so like you know all the instruments are going into the left all the vocals are going into the right and uh you know at a certain point we were layering so much stuff that it became too dense <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'm gonna make a i'm gonna write a novel that has every word in the world <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of very maximal like that for sure. Like uh, Jimmy Joyce's Ulysses. I, I want to play this other prod. You got uh, Harinon. Uh, Harinone. Oh, okay, Japanese. Yeah, okay, Harinone. <laughs>
Rafa Pedro show. Uh, Arthopoda might be a spiders. <laughs> High nona. Uh, pointy sound. What fucked that up for you people? So, but Dustin corrected me there. Then Rhythm Plague. That's got uh, Warren Pete, uh, Wayne Pete, uh, Nels Klein's uh, organ friend. Delta in Deutschland. Uh, University Challenge. That's Brother AJ in the uh, Netherlands with his uh, solo project, Black Smoke, extended workouts. And then Dustin Wong with finally Shrine and Forest and Cave and Forest and Shrine. <laughs> That's a great title. Thanks. thanks. So wh- where can people find you on the Internet? I guess I have an I have an Instagram and a Twitter, but, but there's uh, no du- I have there's a Bandcamp, no... band um, uh, Dustin Clarence, Hidetoshi Wong, Bandcamp. But I, I think if you search my name, it, it should pop up in Bandcamp. But, but there's uh, no Dustin Wong website. No, not no, not really. But no. one day there will be, because that's like having your own fanzine. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> not to scold you or anything, but I mean, there's just nobody in the middle. And so I try to encourage everybody to do that. Right. I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought, you know, no one would go to like, you know, big troughs to what do you call that? They got a counterweight salt lick, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. at the fake look salt lick and the shitter in the uh, what, instant ham. Yeah. But I, I, people can find you there. So, so people use a search engine. There's, there's several <laughs> yeah. of them out there. You don't you don't have to be a shill for every fucking brand out there. Uh, I'm really interested in what you're doing, man. I love I love your guitar playing. I, oh, I, dude, yeah. that means so much. Thank you so much, Mike. And really, it's at the heart is the playing. And I only brought in that pedal stuff to see what your reaction was. Oh, okay. Wow. You know, because I, I I knew in a way that wasn't the root. It wasn't like shit hoarding gear. Mm-hmm. Me and the door guy was talking about that yesterday. These guys, yeah, it, 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 with bass players, it's like that too. You're, you're talking about amassing all this stuff, but you never get anything done with the stuff. It's all about acquiring the the, the stuff to do stuff. Like somebody collecting a, a buttload of pocket knives and never doing any whittling, no carving. <laughs> now, Mr. Kawabata wrote a, a, a story called Snow Country. Oh, okay. Uh, Yasunori Kawabata. Mothers? No, uh, Yasunori Kawabata. He was a buddy oh. of uh, Mr. Mishima's. Like oh, said, he went yes. Crazy wow, wow, wow. He's okay. having yeah, nightmares. Yeah. But this guy, he writes about ballet, but he's never seen a fucking ballet. Talk about a dilettante, you know. <laughs> so, so to bring that up is, is kind of crazy. But uh, but so what, what, I've, what I feel when I hear your guitars, you got a fucking relationship with that instrument and i'm talking about you know i played many years with a guy who never used i think he used a tube screamer on a couple double nickel on the dime solos because we we're reacting against arena rock right so we yeah, had these yeah. kind of severe ideology and because we were reacting right and and, but, and uh, so can, can can i ask you a question actually great. uh you, you know uh i remember hearing about deep boom guitar tone like it was purposefully on a higher frequency because there was like a there's a reason for it there was a mean some kind of meaning well d boom thought the political thing about the minuteman was the way because again we're from arena rock so he wanted to bring the drums and the bass up Mm -hmm. and we discovered you know because where i especially me with the bass uh with the r&b we found Mm -hmm. out that those guys by playing the rhythm guitar real trebly and also very uh staccato they left yeah. more room for the bass and the drums. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. No power chords, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where that all came from. He thought the words was just thinking out loud. He thought the political act was bringing the drums and bass up. And, of course, me and Georgie were way into that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the treble thing was, and he would turn the middle and the bass all the way off and the treble all the way up. And it was, yeah. to, make, it was to make room for us. Very generous guy. Very, so very generous guy. Beautiful. Because uh, those, those words were very influential for ecstatic sunshine and wow. we we our we our tone was very high and that's because of yeah the minutemen wow well you know big love for you for thinking of him I, I, you know when when people think of him he he's still he's here for us mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh dustin so great man uh, when you know you get back together with uh, uh takako and stuff and you make a new music but you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Oh, right back. People, it's been January 1, 2021 edition of the Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. (laughs) 